Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What if all the legendary programs form their own conference? But here's the catch. They're all from one state. Well, we have the man with the plan right here. It's time for the College Football Legends Podcast. The players. We're going to hit somebody and we're taking down the field. Protect them. I guarantee you that. The coaches. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The plays. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. And so much more. College football legends. Heroes come and go, but legends live forever. Believe in college football legends on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Chris Smith. Give me a follow on Twitter at the Sports Jesus. That's at the Sports Jesus. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning on football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest, the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest, open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. And take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only. Make sure when signing up, you use the promo code NFL100. Bet online, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Do you remember these conferences? The Big East, the Pacific Coast Athletic Association, the Southwest, the Mountain States. College football has seen its fair share of conferences that have all gone away. And even today, Blue Blood programs are jumping ship and looking for greener pastures. So do the rest of the programs just stay loyal or sit around and wait to be rescued? My next guest says no, because now is time for the football powers to take control of their own destiny and form their own brand new conference. And here to lay out the blueprint is my special guest on the show, Scott Bedgood, writer for many major publications and author of Lessons from Legends, 12 Hall of Fame Coaches on Leadership, Life, and Leaving a Legacy. Find him on Twitter at Scott Bedgood, all one word. Thanks for joining me, Scott. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk. It's it's really real college football season, so I'm pumped. I can feel it. We're all pumped, definitely, for it. Uh, before we get into your amazing article, you're based in Dallas. Tell us, outsiders, how special football is in Texas. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, is, it is the thing. I, the other day, uh, my friends and I, we were uh, playing tennis. We played tennis real early in the morning, and we heard one of the high school marching bands playing. You know, it was like six thirty in the morning. We all kind of looked at each other, and we had that same like, ah, it's yeah, here. it's starting. You know, it's <laughs> that feeling. You know, it's that that thing. It's just inside all of us. We're like, ah, yes, finally. Even though it's a hundred degrees, like it's here. Um, so yeah, I mean, it is. It is uh, absolutely massive, and uh, you know, no matter where you go in the state, it's huge. I'm from East Texas um tyler and and uh you know it's massive there but it's massive all the way on west texas the panhandle all the way down south so wherever you go um football is is the thing yeah friday night lights is here 
Well, let's get into that piece you wrote in Texas Monthly titled, The Texas Conference, A Plan to Save College Football in Our State. How did this article come to life? So, yeah, it actually comes from that that same idea um, of like, well, Texas is the football state. Um, and obviously the two biggest schools in Texas are now going to the SEC with, with now UT going over to the SEC. But that leaves several big schools that have had really, you know, some success lately that are kind of left in the lurch. And so as we've seen, I wrote this several weeks ago, and, and actually then it might have seemed silly to some people. And now it's like it might actually be the, the biggest exactly. the for um, They're going to steal like, it. <laughs> right. Like Baylor and TCU and Tech specifically from the Big 12. They, you know, back back three, four weeks ago, they were probably like, but we're going to go to the Pac-12. We're going to go to the Big Ten, all these things. And all these conferences are like, yeah, we don't want guys. <laughs> and so the idea was, hey, instead of trying to beg these other conferences to allow you into their conference, these schools need to take charge. And, I, you know, I, I will admit it's probably impractical, mostly because of the way some of these contracts work with some of these other conferences. But the idea is this. You take all of the, the FBS teams in Texas and form one conference, the Texas-only conference. So that would be Baylor, TCU, and Tech from the Big 12. But then you get SMU, Houston, Rice, UTSA, UTEP, UNT, and Texas State all together. So it's a lot of the old Southwest Conference, minus obviously Texas and Arkansas. Um, and then you add some of these other teams in there. Um, and what that would do is it would allow these schools to take control of their own destiny. Suddenly, Baylor and TCU and Tech are the big dogs in their conference instead of going somewhere and sort of being, you know, small time again. I would say the only way it really works is if the playoffs are expanded to that 12-team proposal. Because then if you win your conference, even if it's the Texas conference with only 10 teams and you're undefeated, you're going to get one of those slots. Definitely. Um but if it's still four or even if it's six, then that doesn't really work, you know, obviously, because if you win a small conference, you're not going to get in. But if you have the expanded playoff and you have this conference, then then you could get in. I think the branding would be awesome. I think all these Texas corporations would want to to be the sponsor of the Texas conference. So, you know, I think there's there's some there's some possibility there. I, I think it's a good idea and it's a fun thought exercise. But uh, like I said, I don't actually think it'll, it'll happen just because there's too much stuff tied in with these other conferences. Well, it's definitely creative. And if they do form it, I believe you should be commissioner. That's for sure. And, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and we're speaking with Scott Bedgood, writer for Texas Monthly and many major publications. What do you think the biggest obstacles are in forming this conference? Um, I think I think one is perception. I think that Baylor and TCU and Tech fans would perceive it as a huge step down. And so their their uh, administrators would have a lot of trouble selling it to the fan bases. Um, but I think the biggest like actual obstacle is things like SMU, Houston, Rice, all of those schools that are tied in with their current conferences. You'd be breaking um, probably what seven different uh contracts and well as we've seen nobody 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 really cares if they're breaking their uh their contracts with uh oklahoma and texas already shooting off to the sec no you're absolutely right and i actually wrote that in the article i was just like you know these are obstacles but money can overcome it so you know i i mentioned uh houston's biggest benefactor and um he's on their uh, board of regions i think he's the chairman is tillman fertita who owns the rockets and is a billionaire uh like restaurateur and stuff like that um, if someone like him was like, this is the idea, 
and he calls Drayton McLean from Baylor, who's, you know, one of their biggest benefactors. And they call, you know, some you find the biggest money people at each one of these schools and you say, let's let's do this. It can be done. Absolutely. So it really is, is if you convince the, the right money people to get it done, um, it could happen. And I think, honestly, one of the biggest I forgot to mention this in the first part is like because of the NIL you can actually sell some of these really good players on playing at these schools because let's say you're a really, really good, uh, you're a three-star receiver from Houston. A three-star is probably not going to go to A&M in Texas and start his freshman year. He might start his senior year. Yeah, but if he goes have to, to Houston, sit on the bench. Right. If he goes to Houston, his hometown team starts his freshman year, they win the conference, and he's, you know, every giant corporation in Houston is going to want to have him uh, you know, do commercials for them. Uh, you know, Reliant Energy is going to want the Houston superstar as opposed to the A&M fourth stringer. Absolutely. Um, so I, I think that the NIL can make a big difference. And especially when you're talking about a small school like SMU, which is in Dallas, but SMU is a very rich school. I mean, it's very expensive to go there. They have a lot of very wealthy alumni. You know, schools like that can actually take, as we saw, obviously, with the Pony Express days, there's people at, Houston, at SMU that like to spend money on the football team. And now they can do it legally. Um, I think it could really help some schools like this. Absolutely. And with that NIL, with seeing what people are paying right now for some of these college kids and, and some high school kids just like not even starting, <laughs> definitely that would be a huge factor. And we are speaking with Scott Bedgood, writer for many major publications. Give him a follow on Twitter at Scott Bedgood. That's at Scott Bedgood. And we continue to take a deep dive into his article in Texas Monthly titled, the Texas Conference, a plan to save college football in our state. And I know you think that Texas fans may balk at the idea, but couldn't the teams just schedule other Power Five teams in their non-conferences schedule? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that's kind of the, the the idea I had was like, so let's use Baylor as an example. If Baylor schedules LSU um, just one game against an SEC school, or if they can get Texas on the schedule or Oklahoma or whoever, and they win that game, and then they're undefeated in their conference. Oh yeah! I don't think there's any reason you wouldn't put them in the playoff, even if the playoff is, say, it's only eight teams. But you have an undefeated conference champion who beat an LSU or a Florida. Yeah, or, they got that feather know, in the cap. Big definitely. School. Yeah, they would have to be aggressive in their scheduling. But I mean, it's you got to do what you got to do to survive. And so I just think that that's a better, more clear path to the playoff for a team like that than if they went and they were the 16th team in the Pac-12. Um, I just don't think that that's a viable alternative for some of these schools. And also, I mean, it, no one really talks about this kind of stuff, but, you know, if you, if you remember in college, like it, you, the guys that are the, the guys and girls that you maybe had classes with that were on like the volleyball team or something, they were gone all the time. Yes. But that's when they were traveling to fairly close places. Imagine if you're in Waco, Texas, and you're in the Pac-12 and your volleyball team has a game against Washington uh, on a Tuesday. That's like three whole days they're gone. <laughs> yeah. They got to leave Monday. They got to get back Wednesday just for one game. And you're doing that, you know, 15, 16 times a year. It just I would think that the costs would add up so quickly on the non money making sports that it might be great for football, but I would think it would just be a huge burden for some of the other sports. But, I mean, I guess Missouri is, is pretty far away, and West Virginia is pretty far away from the Big 12, and Missouri is pretty far away from Florida and places in the SEC. So some of these other schools make it work. It just, to me, seems like a huge burden. Yeah, well, Texas is a big state, but it would be nice just to 
travel around the Lone Star State the entire time. And I love this line, would you rather be the 12th most important team in the Pac-12 or the most important team in the Texas Conference? I mean, that sounds logical. Who would benefit the most? Um, I think Baylor and TCU uh, would benefit the most because I think in Texas, those schools do have a solid reputation. They're well thought of, especially football-wise, you know, especially TCU under Gary Patterson. Baylor's been up and down, but I mean, that's a respected school. They're right there in the center of, you know, some of the hotbeds of talent right near Houston, right near Dallas, right near Austin. Um, But I don't think people think of Baylor the same way uh, on either coast um, or in the really even the Midwest or, you know, I, I think Baylor's reputation in Texas is very solid. And so they would benefit from being the king of the Texas conference. Yeah, the big dogs. uh, More than they would benefit, like I said, than being the 12th or 14th or 15th most important team in the Pac-12. I don't think Baylor's going to be recruiting California better just because they're in the Pac-12. I think that their most success would come from hitting and recruiting Texas extremely hard and and being and being um, yeah, just being really solid there. I think tech would benefit. Tech is a weird school. They're they're way out in West Texas. They're far from even other places in Texas, but they're also really far from California. They're really far from everywhere. On so, an island, it sounds like. Right. And so owning owning sort of the Texas branding would be beneficial for them. I, I, I think I used this in the article, the idea that you're recruiting a kid from, say, East Texas to come out to Lubbock. Well, if you say, well, you come out to Lubbock, but your family is going to see you play at every one of these schools. They can get to Waco easily. They can get to Fort Worth easily. Or come to Tech, and we play an entire West Coast schedule. Our games start at 10 p.m., you know, 10 p.m. Central Time, and uh, your family is probably not going to fly out to see you play Cal or see you play Utah. I mean, they might, but it's a lot easier to drive to Waco or Fort Worth. And so I, I think that those kind of things, maybe aren't factored in a lot of times when people are just throwing out like, oh, Tech could play in the, the Mountain West or Tech could play in the Pac-12. You know, I, I think when you're talking about recruiting, you're talking about family a lot of times and you're talking about convincing someone's mom and dad um, to let their kid go to a certain school or to sort of lean on them to go to a certain school. So those kind of things matter, and especially when you're Tech and you need everything to to go your way. Absolutely. And we have on the show the esteemed writer, Scott Bedgood. And we are covering his great article in Texas Monthly titled, The Texas Conference, A Plan to Save College Football in Our State. And speaking of recruiting, wouldn't this conference get a massive haul in the state of Texas and recruiting-wise, like uh, legendary coach Barry Switzer said in your article? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, coach Switzer, was, he was in my book, and I've kept up with him over the years and had you know some fun conversations. And this conversation actually came up when there was a um, the Big 12 was considering adding Houston. And I think they were actually pretty like pretty close to doing it or the, the momentum was going towards doing it. And I don't know if he made some calls or if people listened to his comments or maybe it didn't have anything to do with his comments, but he started saying, and he told me this in conversation, but then I heard him say it on the radio later. He was like, you cannot add Houston to the Big 12 because if Houston could just recruit Harris County, which is the county around Houston, a massive county, millions and millions and millions of people and tons of football talent. If Houston could just get the best players out of their own county, they would be the best team in the country. It'd be a power right now. Those best players go to Texas, A&M, OU, LSU, Alabama. You know, they split around, but if their hometown team had a major conference attached to them, 
they could they could be amazing. And now they have Dana Holgerson as a coach. There's this great kind of offensive mind, kind of kind of wild, real <laughs> crazy kind of guy. <laughs> but um, he's a good coach. And so you know, Switzer said, "Don't add Houston to the Big 12." But I think that that same logic applies to if Houston was in a conference that had better branding and and um, you know a very specific sort of chance of the playoff that kind of thing. Houston could be a powerhouse, and you wouldn't you would be talking about Baylor, TCU, Tech, and Houston as the top four teams in this conference, uh, no question. SMU, the same similar idea, being in Dallas, um, and and SMU, I, I don't know if you know much about what they've done over the last few years. They're they're really a, an up and coming team. They, they have a really solid offense, a great coach in Sunny Dykes. But one of the things they did was they branded themselves as the Dallas team. Ah, it's smart. Team there you go. Dallas. They put, they put Dallas on their uniforms. The thing is, they're not actually in Dallas. They're actually in a smaller city within the city of Dallas. So their address is not even a Dallas address. <laughs> but, uh, don't mind. Don't mind the zip code. Don't worry about that. Right. Absolutely. So they started making. Uh, they started making recruiting videos, going to like some of these neighborhoods where a lot of their their players might have come from. They started just being like, "We are the Dallas team," and they have two of the top highest recruits they've ever gotten um, in their history, and I, they're both from the Dallas area. And you can't you can't argue that that's a smart recruiting play to say play in Dallas for your city and your family, your parents, your friends will be at those games. That's a big deal. That's a big draw. Oh, definitely. I mean, the branding, the name, image and likeness. And we'll have more with Scott Bedgood right after this. Oh, exciting news. Our pod is partnering with PlayActionPools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love most. You will be able to get in on the action with our PlayActionPools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Sign up for our contest, Believe Football Pick'em at PlayActionPools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest. Believe, that's spelled B-L-E-A-V, football pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. Welcome back to the Believe in College Football Legends podcast. I'm Chris Smith, and we're speaking with Scott Bedgood acclaimed writer and we are discussing his amazing article in texas monthly the texas conference a plan to save college football in our state and it really i mean basically it all comes down to the almighty dollar is the money there yeah yeah that's what it comes down to for sure and, and who knows who knows if the money's there um i i do know i've heard from a few people uh i can't say who they are but Uh-oh. i've heard from a few industry secrets said, right now yeah, who said, you know, they really like this idea. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe I will be the commissioner someday. No, I'm just <laughs> I don't want that job. You see you see what these guys, you see what the, the, oh, the no. hate Bob Bowlesby gets from the Big 12. I don't want that job. But uh, I do want the buyout. The buyout <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. Can you buy me out immediately? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So can I fail, like, within six months and get that buyout? That's all I'm looking for. Uh, and you mentioned the legal battles in your article. What do you foresee? Yeah, I would I would think that that the biggest problems would come from uh, the, you know the conferences that Houston, SMU, 
uh, Ari. And I don't, I don't think people would be just fighting tooth and nail to keep Rice or UTSA or UTEP. No offense uh, to the, <laughs> those schools, but yeah, keeping Houston and SMU would be would be tough. You know, would be would be uh, key thing for their conferences. Um, but I mean, who knows what the Big Twelve will do? I Ooh. know people are kind of acting like they don't exist anymore, and I kind of have acted like that too. But they are still around, and those teams are still together supposedly yeah nobody and nobody's they, they, jump ship nobody else has jumped ship yet right so i do i do foresee like when, when i wrote this i was writing it under the assumption that oklahoma state would be very appealing for the pac-12 mm. and the pac-12 has said they're not expanding um who knows if that that will will stay yeah we don't so, know these behind the scenes talks <laughs> just like nobody right, knew about exactly. texas and oklahoma for a while exactly so you know i think that there would be huge pushback from the likes of Oklahoma state. If they were like, wait, guys, I thought we were all sticking through this together, which of course they have to know that's not true, but um, you know, Kansas state, Kansas, Iowa state, those schools, they've got to find their own homes and there could be some, you know, serious legal battles, depending on what kind of agreements they've been making over the last month in their private meetings. I, I assume that they're smart enough not to be signing any sort of pledges to each other. They keep making these, public pronouncements yeah a little but, handshake deals right who who knows what uh what the, the truth is when it comes to that so yeah I, I, when i wrote this like i said i i thought oklahoma state would be totally going to the pac-12 without any hesitation um so in my in my thought i was like oh there's nobody that would really be hurt by these schools doing this uh but now if oklahoma state sort of left out there that might be a problem um so you know maybe they they uh I, I saw some people saying, well, what if we just added Oklahoma State and maybe added Tulsa and, uh, you know, kind of the neighbors. Yeah. It, yeah. And I was like, well, then then that loses the brand. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think they want to join the Texas just, conference. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, practically, maybe that makes more sense. Maybe you you don't call it the Texas conference. It's the uh, majority Texas conference or <laughs> Texas and friends. Texas, maybe. Yes, Texas and friends. I like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, you know, practically, that would be a better football and sports conference if you had an Oklahoma State. And Tulsa's pretty good. Um, but uh, for the purpose of the branding and for writing this for Texas Monthly, I was like, no, I'm not including any any non-Texas schools in my idea. Hey, it, it to me, it all made sense. And like you said, it will be complicated. It will be costly. And it will drive college football fans from the other 49 states insane with jealousy. But, hey, isn't that the Texas thing we could do? I recommend everybody check out the article in Texas Monthly titled The Texas Conference, A Plan to Save College Football in Our State. It's one of many from Scott. All right. It's time to go three and out. It's time to go three and out with national writer and author Scott Bedgood. Three letter questions to close out the interview. First, if you could go to just one of the games in the Texas Conference that you made, what is the matchup you'd most want to see? Oh, wow. You know, Baylor TCU already has that that intense rivalry. Um, they, uh, this again, might be, it might not be something people realize in the rest of the country, but they hate each other. Um, and that would be really fun if they were the uh, the top two, the big dogs in the, in the Texas Conference, and they were Showed battling for the, for the uh, conference, the conference championship. title. That would be really fun. I'd love to go to a game in, uh, in Waco or, or Fort Worth uh, if that was on the line. Great place to see a game, definitely in Waco. And you mentioned you worked at the National Football Foundation. What's your best memory from your time there? 
Um, yeah, we got to go to uh, New York um, to, oh. I believe it was the last uh, College Football Hall of Fame induction that was done at the Waldorf Astoria. Oh, that's um, fantastic. Yeah, so that was right before they, they've been redoing the Waldorf for several years. I'm not sure if it's open again, and I'm not sure if they'll move it back there once it's open again. But um, yeah, to sort of see that that old, old school hotel with all of the legends and famous people that have all been there and uh, just be at the induction ceremony of some of these, uh, like, uh, I don't know, probably 12 or how many Hall of Famers were at, inducted that day. But um yeah, that was just a cool event. I got I had to rent a tux. Oh, you know, James a tux Bond action. Few times in my life. Yeah, I mean, it was like I was like, wow, this is like a real New York experience. <laughs> uh, walking down, you know, we we were staying at the New York Hilton, which is pretty close. So we're you know crossing the street, walking. I don't I don't remember how far, but walking a few blocks in a tux. I was like, this is New York, which it probably isn't, but I felt like it was. Yeah, this is New York of the 1920s or something like that. So that was a really cool experience. Very very unique and. Uh, Got to be in like the green room with all of the legends. I, I remember uh, Peyton Manning and, and Phil Fulmer having very uh, intense secret conversations about stuff going on at Tennessee. I was trying to eavesdrop. Over, um, <laughs> exactly. And, uh, yeah. Mike like, Tirico's who are you, sir? And why are you so close to us? Right. Exactly. I mean, and it was, you know, and Mike Tirico, you had like, you know, Ronnie Lott, like all these guys are just around. And so it was really cool. Yeah. That's, that's can be overwhelming to, especially to a college football fan for sure. And mm. finally, I'm a foodie. What is the best meal or place to eat in Texas? I know I said all of Texas, but uh, maybe around your area. <laughs> Where's a place Man, you have to okay. go? If I'm going to be down there, what's a place I have to go to and what am I getting? That's funny. So, I mean, I could give you a restaurant. I could give you, you know, some of that stuff, barbecue, tacos, all that. But I'm going to go with if you're going to come down and you're going to come around football for a football game and you're, you're going to want to go to the OU Texas game, which is at the State Fair. Um, yes. and so the state fair food, you can do, you can get whatever you want. There's the fried everything, deep fried things, but the thing you have to get is a Fletcher's corny dog. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, it's most of the OU Texas games are at 11 AM. And so we would get there about eight 30 in the morning and just get in the Fletcher's line. Cause it would take you like 45 minutes to get a, a corn dog. Cause everyone wow. is getting a corn dog. So, you, so legendary corn dog. corn dog, a breakfast Fletcher's corn dog at like nine 15. Uh, there's, there's nothing like it, uh, before you go into the, the OU game, OU Texas game at 11 a.m. and you sweat and you're like dying. And the only thing keeping you from passing out is the Fletcher's corny dog you ate at 9 a.m. <laughs> That's Texas right there. Oh, I love it. And we've been speaking with Scott Bedgood, writer for many major publications and author of Lessons from Legends, 12 Hall of Fame coaches on leadership, life, and leaving a legacy. Find him on Twitter at Scott Bedgood. That's all one word, at Scott Bedgood. Thanks for joining me, Scott. Yeah, thanks for having me. And of course, Believe in College Football Legends is presented by Bet Online. Thanks for listening to the Believe in College Football Legends podcast. Make sure to check out all the prior episodes with Heisman winners, legendary coaches, and sports personalities reliving the greatest plays. You can tweet your questions at the Sports Jesus and join us next week because it will be legendary. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.